good evening. Merry Christmas Eve. It is good to see you. Those of you who are here in the balcony, those of you worshiping with us online tonight, thank you for joining us here on this special evening, the night before we celebrate the birth of our Savior. It's a little tight, and I'm going to ask you to do like people are just so willing to do for Mickey Mouse. And that's could you scoot in a little bit just to create some space for others. Just in case, we've got some chairs coming up. If in the next five to ten minutes nobody else needs a seat, then feel free to spread back out as best as you can. But otherwise, we want to make room for whoever comes in this evening to be here to participate in our candlelight Christmas Eve. By the way, my name is Danny Queer, and I'm the pastor here at Mill Creek, and we're honored that you have chosen to worship with us this evening. If you're here with a child tonight, we want this to be a family time, and so it's okay. Your child's not going to disrupt us one bit. Trust me, I get tunnel vision when I'm up here, and people will say, I'm sorry that my child, I didn't even know your child was in here, but I want to take a voice. It's all right, it'll be just fine. And you know what? We're here to celebrate a baby in a manger. And so your baby will be just fine in here tonight, too. We are going to have one worship hour tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. No Sunday school, no other worship hour. We would invite you to come back and celebrate the birth of our Savior on his on the day we celebrate his birth anyway, so you are welcome to come back for that tomorrow. Let's go to the Lord's Prayer as we begin tonight. God, we do come before you on this evening, this eve of the day in which we celebrate our Savior's birth. Father, there's so much we have to be grateful for, especially at this season. And so, Father, help us as we come into your presence to worship, to be like the kings that followed the star, that led them to the Savior of the world, that they came to worship. So, Father, as we come into your presence in this place this evening, we pray that you would be honored and glorified through the songs that we sing, through the attitude in which we reflect on your word and which we share with one another. Father, most of all, we pray that we leave here changed as having been in your presence this evening. It is in the name of Jesus Christ that we gather to worship and that we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. Would you please stand with me as we sing joy to the world?
For the past four weeks, we have been celebrating and focusing on the season of Advent by lighting a candle each week. Advent is from the Latin and means coming or arrival. In the Old Testament, the people waited with expectation and anticipation for the Messiah's arrival. We know that he has already come, which is why we celebrate Christmas. But as Christians, we are waiting with expectation and anticipation for his return. We have marked these last four Sundays of Advent by lighting a candle each week. The first candle we lit symbolized and reminded us of the hope that we have in our relationship with Christ. The second candle, which reminds us of the peace we experience in our relationship with God, and that we are called to be peacemakers while we wait for his return. Next, we lit the candle of joy, which reminds us that Christ came to bring us joy and abundant life. The fourth candle reminded us of the love that God has for us, that he is willing to send us the gift of his one and only Son. We light the Christ candle in honor of Jesus, our Savior, who was born for our salvation. It is his coming that is the reason for the peace, hope, joy, and love that we have. Tonight, we return to the holy night of his birth.
Corey Fisher going to come sing for us um, all the way from Murfreesboro, Tennessee.
everyone. So if you want to come on up and just sit right here around the steps, kids. All right, good, the step is coming.
give a follow-up question. I just wanted to get you thinking for a moment. And here's a follow-up question. What's on top of your tree? If you have a tree at home, chances are you've decorated it. It's ready for Christmas. You've put all the finishing touches on it. What's on top of your tree? I mean, some people, I've seen trees where some people have a, a teddy bear on top of their tree or maybe a doll of some type or a big bow and ribbon on top of their tree. Maybe they've got some significant ornament at the top of their tree. Not at the very tippity top of our tree, but we've got a significant ornament. It's one that I made when I was five years old. And you can always find it on our Christmas tree because it's right up near the top. It's out of the reach of little hands and fingers, if you know what I mean. Well, what's on top of your tree? For years, Debbie and I have put a star on the top of our tree because it reminds us of the Christmas star. This year, we pulled that old star out and it was so old it was broken. And so I got us a new star. It's just not on top of the tree right now. But what's on top of your tree? Our tree seems a little incomplete without the star on it. Here's what I want you to do. You know what's on top of your tree. So I want you to turn to your neighbor just quickly. Audience participation for a moment. I just want you to tell your neighbor what's on top of your tree. And so people were drawn to it. I want you to 
think about stars for just a minute, because in Isaiah chapter 40, the prophet Isaiah spoke about stars when he wrote this. To whom will you compare me? This is God speaking. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. He who brings out the starry host one by one, who calls them forth each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. I don't know about you, but I love to go out and look up at the night sky. We live in Blue Ridge. There aren't many lights around us. And so when we go out on a clear night, we can look up and the sky is just bright with stars. We've talked about before how God reveals himself through general revelation, how he reveals himself through creation. We see it all around us during the day, but at night it's dark. And so how do we experience the revelation of God at night is through the stars, and not just the stars, but the fact that he calls them out by name, one by one, and now one of them is missing. I wonder what that Christmas star's name was. When we look up at the sky. I got to thinking about stars the other night when I stepped outside, and, and what stars do, and really stars have a couple of purposes, and two that I thought of, I just want to focus on briefly tonight. One is they provide that light. We can go out at night. I don't know if you've gotten up in the early morning hours, 2 or 3 a.m. this past week or the week before, and it's just been bright outside because of the night sky. So stars give us light, but stars also guide us, and God used this one particular star to do both. It provided light, and it guided the Magi to the Christ child. So let's think about light for just a minute. When I think about stars providing light, like I said, the night sky can be so stunning. And we can go out and we can see God's glory reflected through that night sky. He reveals himself through the beauty of those stars and the evening that he created. Throughout scripture, we see where light is associated with God's glory. When God was leading the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt, he used a pillar of fire by night, a bright light to guide them as they traveled through the cooler evening hours. When God called Moses up to Mount Sinai and the rest of the people remained at the base of that mountain, as they looked up, wondering where Moses was on that mountaintop, Scripture tells us, to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of that mountain. The glory of God was revealed through that light. When Moses came down from the mountain and back to the people, the Scriptures talk about Moses' face was so bright with the glory of God that people couldn't even look at it and to shield their eyes. He was so bright with the glory of God that as that began to wear off over time, he began to cover his face so that the people wouldn't notice. When the angels delivered the message of Christ's birth to shepherds, they were accompanied by the glorious light of God in the night sky. Scripture tells us, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Light is always connected with the glory of God throughout Scripture. A little later on in his ministry, when Jesus went up onto the mountain with Peter, James, and John, we refer to it as the Mount of Transfiguration. It says that Jesus' face shone with bright light, and his clothes were brilliant as white. 
There's no mistaking the glory of God with light. Even Jesus himself is called the bright morning star in Revelation 22. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. Stars give us light. The glory of God is represented as light from cover to cover in his word. And that glory and light remind us of who he is. When you want to get word out to someone, when you have an important announcement to make, and you want to make sure that everybody you know hears this announcement, how do you go about it? There are so many ways I think people utilize things today. They might send it out through an instant message of some kind or through a text message. Maybe you make phone calls. When I had said that I was going to accept the role as pastor here at Mill Creek almost four years ago, I had people I wanted to tell before news broke, before it got out to the general public. And so I made phone calls specifically to let them know, here's what God is doing. Here's how the glory of God is working in my life. And I wanted you to know before you just hear it out among people. Do you make a social media post? Do you send a Snapchat or a TikTok video of some kind to let people know, here's what's happening, and I just needed you to know about it? How would you, if you were God, and you were going to let people know that the Savior of the world had come, how would you tell people? What would you do to get their attention? Well, I know a lot of it depends on the time. How we would do it today and how we would do it in times past are completely different. Today we may use some of these options, but before the internet, before the World Wide Web, before radio and broadcasting systems, before all of the modern things we have, how would you have gotten word out? You know, it's amazing how we use light. Maybe we'll, if you're stranded on an island, you'll build a big fire to get attention. Uh, my son and daughter-in-law and their family are going sailing for a few weeks, and he was asking about a flare gun in case they needed to get someone's attention. It's amazing how we utilize light in the sky to get somebody's attention and get the word out. The bright radiance of an angel got some shepherd's attention. A bright star appeared in the night sky and could be seen all around, and it got the attention of some magi. Stars give off light. Scripture tells us that God is light. In John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light, the word that John is talking about is Jesus Christ, the one whom God sent that holy night that was born and laid in a manger, that the star proclaimed his birth about the light of God, told about the glory of God. Stars are used to give light. The stars are also used to guide people. When we want to go from one place to another, we typically grab our phones, we pull up maps or ways or whatever GPS app you use, and you plug in the address, and it begins to take you to the location you want to go. 
Before that, some of you may not know, we had these paper things. <laughs> they were called maps or atlases. If you wanted to go on a long journey, maybe you'd go to AAA and get, was it a triptych? Is that what those things are called? Yeah. And you just flip pages and it would show you your route that you're supposed to go. We used ways to get around. Many people believe in that astronomy is the oldest of all sciences. And possibly that astronomy is the oldest use for navigation. For a long time, people would cross the ocean and would get from one location to another by the stars. If you want to, it takes about two minutes. I watched it. You can go on a Google search and learn how to navigate by the stars. Once you find the North Star, you begin, it doesn't move, so you begin to pinpoint. You navigate by use of the stars. Not just humanity. There are some animals that use stars for navigation. The blue bunting, a bright blue bird, uses the stars because they migrate at night. So they use the stars for their navigation. How do they learn their navigational route? As they're in the nest, they constantly look at the night sky. And they learn the stars, and that's how they navigate. Not just humanity, but God even put it within some animals to guide them by the stars. What better way to get someone's attention than a bright new star in the night sky? What better way to guide somebody than a light that stands out from all the rest? and doesn't move, but points people to where they're supposed to go. These wise men were oriental astrologers. They studied the stars. They read books about the stars. If you wanted to know about stars, you could ask them, and they would tell you. And even though they were probably not religious in the sense of like the Israelites or the Jewish people, they would have looked at all texts available and most likely, these magi understood from the Mosaic law that in Numbers 24-17, it made reference to a star. I see him, it says, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. The Magi understood this, and when they saw this star, it was different than all of the rest. And so not only did it light the way, it guided the way for them. They understood that this was a significant moment, that this star, according to what these ancient manuscripts read for them, said it was the birth of a new king. The star that appeared that first Christmas provided light and guidance so Magi could find the Savior of the world. And worship him. Today, God calls us as his followers to provide light, to give guidance to the world around us, a world that is dark and in need of a Savior. And what did John say? The darkness cannot overcome this light. And so God calls us as his light to not just light brighten the world around us, but to guide people. In Matthew 5, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same light, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Why? Because light 
shows the glory of God. Light guides people to the Father. We gather on this Christmas Eve to experience the light that came into the world. Fresh and new to be reminded that we are called to reflect his light to others, that we are called to guide others so that they too can come to the light. How do we do that? Simply by sharing the light that's been entrusted to us. The light we've received from him with those we come in contact with. But so often, believers will come to church, they'll brighten their light up, and then they'll walk out the doors, and they'll cover it up. And it'll be like nothing changed. They'll go out into the world, and rather than sharing the light of God, they simply go through the motions of life. Tonight, as we reflect on that night long ago, I want to encourage you to remember that the Christmas star reminds us of God's glory and light, but it also reminds us that it was meant to guide others to him. If you've received the light of Christ in your life, he wants to use that to guide others so that they too can receive it. You know, there were a lot of kings born before that star ever appeared. There's been a lot of kings that have come since that star appeared. But the star appeared for one, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and no other. If you know him, I want to encourage you to light up your world and guide others to him. I'm going to invite Shirley Holder and Christine Slinghoff.
as tendas do espiritual é doido.